0: which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode.
1: Fake the nation episode 200.
2: Happy anniversary, Nagina Fake the Nation. Happy anniversary, Nagina Fake the Nation. Happy 200th episode.
1: Happy 200th episode to Fake the Nation. Places, please. Four years. That's huge. That is a single term presidency. I don't know what we would do as a country without you. Just love the show and keep doing what you're doing. Four more years. You can loop that chant uh, into a chant.
3: Four more years. Four more years. Going Four
1: more and years. And three. There you go. Say, say.
4: Two, by one. Hello,
0: hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we celebrate the 200th episode of the self-same show in which we talk about news and talk about politics. <laughs> woo! woo! I am. Yeah, it's okay, panelists. You may say a woo if you if it, if it, if the feeling comes to you. If I may. Um, if I may. If I may. Please. Yes. Woo. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am your host, Nagin Farsad. Um, and I can't believe we made it to the bicentennial episode of Fake the Nation. Um, I want to go ahead and say that the centennial episode, do they ever say that? Centennial and bicentennial <laughs> podcast episodes? I feel ridiculous. Anyways, because I think that means years. It doesn't matter. It feels like it's been 200 years in quarantine time. Um, but uh, the, the, the 100th... Uh, was really festive because we were in each other's faces, freely exchanging germs. Uh, And this one is just like um, a triumph of technology. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a bunch of white house shit um the continued dismantling of norms you know the mini covid outbreak in the west wing jared kushner who surprisingly still has some power um we'll also talk about young americans who apparently want money more than family and finally uh we'll talk about summer and handshakes uh i am so excited by this very special panel, I warned you all that the panel was going to be special, that today's show is going to be special. And in fact, it is. Um, we have with us the host of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. He's also the host of the daily Instagram talk show, Get Your Pets, in which he interviews people's pets. You guys, it's John Hodgman. Hi, John Hodgman.
5: If I, if I may. Please. Another woo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well for you and and i just have to i say this every time but i i am your people are your fan from so many different portals of yeah. your career
5: no one knows what I, the hell i do
0: no That's one right. knows <laughs> what, That's what you a nice do way of saying my branding or, is fucked you're right
5: no one knows <laughs> too many things
0: um you're you're yeah you're a multi can i swear uh, on this a polyglot absolutely you may
5: okay what, well,
0: what were you going to say in swear form that you I just stopped said yourself my branding
5: was fucked and then I thought oh now someone's oh, gonna I have see. to edit yes, that yes, out Oh I see yes your
0: branding is fucked no and we're going to keep because of my it. trash mouth Um and I the reason I'm your fan is from your books and you. um from The Nick secondarily which was your craziest acting part uh that I would like to see that show come back for you alone and only for you.
5: Yeah, I would love um, to I would love to see a a, a TV show, first of all. <laughs> that is act that is hiring people to act in it. That would be great. I'd love indeed. to see The Nick, which is about which was this old timey medicine show about racist doctors, directed and created by <laughs> Steven Soderbergh. Everyone's fave now because of Contagion. Top movie on iTunes.
0: Oh, my God, constantly. And it was like the number one on Netflix. Uh, Let's talk about actually Netflix for a second, because one of my favorite specials going now is on Netflix. And it is by our other panelist who, you know, if you're I mean, he's a hero of my comedically. And I know a lot of you are going to think it's because he's Iranian. But no, it's because he's one of the best fucking comics you can see perform live. It's true. He's making faces, but it's totally true. He's also the host of the podcast Back to School with Maz Jobrani. You guys, it's Maz Jobrani.
3: Double
4: woo. Double woo for you, Maz. Double woo. I would like to uh, agree with John that my branding is also fucked. I think we're all (laughs) fucked because of the coronavirus. We all thought we were branding for something, and all of a sudden, we're just in our homes.
0: Yeah. you know uh you know what's not fucked though John is that you're in an Iranian sandwich. how does it feel
5: it's t- it's a total it's a total delight what <laughs> what is the sandwich tradition in iran
4: I would say a cutlet sandwich we would do if you could do a sandwich yeah. there's a great yeah. place in l a it's called Atari it's like Atari, but just, yeah. You got to do You tarry. pronounce it differently? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's in Westwood Boulevard, and they make great sandwiches. And the two that I love, the cutlet sandwich, because you put, mm. cause we love pickles. We put pickles in there, tomatoes, oh, yeah, yum, do. yum. Yeah. And the other one, as a kid, I remember, we used to have mortadella, which is interesting.
0: Mortadella! Yes. So popular.
4: Because a lot of Americans think, oh, you were Muslim, you didn't eat pork. I go, no, a lot of Iranians don't care about that. I mean, there's obviously religious Iranians, but there's a lot of secular really are Iranians. There? Are
5: there religious Iranians?
4: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, just like two of them. Huh. Two of them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. One of them is named Ayatollah.
4: Ayatollah. I- <laughs> the
0: other one is just some guy. So
5: I didn't know that there's a Mortadella food way tradition in iran that's amazing
4: oh we love the mortad as a kid dude i used to have mortadella sandwiches with the pickles and then i would get the orange it wasn't fanta it was a canada dry but orange color so that made me fall in love with the color orange so it was
0: and they uh they told us it was saffron
4: they told us it was saffron dry (laughs) saffron soda
0: no
5: way canada dry is making a saffron soda although who knows you know who knows i will say this global um, exchange
4: when you huh. talked about the bicentennial, I this I have to say this is the most exciting bicentennial episode since Apollo Creed <laughs> let Rocky Balboa <laughs> fight him for the American bicentennial in Rocky.
0: <laughs>
5: that's um, true. That's yeah, why that's why, then, why I'm wearing American flag boxing briefs right yes. now.
0: Right, right, right. We're all we've all got our guns out, indeed. So that's oh, what's going to happen. Oh, I'm pulling down, um, I'm pulling I'm down my sleeves. I want to mention a great way to celebrate Fake the Nation's 200th episode is by joining Stitcher Premium so you can listen to Bonus the Nation. We have a new episode, episode coming out tomorrow it's with Ophira Eisenberg and Weston Womp, uh, who joined me to talk about um, what it's like to have an ex Boyfriend or girlfriend who is now famous. Um, And uh, Weston Womp had one that was, uh, that's now on like on a reality show. It was a fascinating conversation. Also, he's a Republican. He was like the most delightful of Republicans that we had joining the show. Mm -hmm. So definitely listen to that episode. It's so great. You can do that by joining Stitcher Premium. And Stitcher Premium is so great. It's got like the entire archive of Mark Marin's What the Fuck podcast. Um, You can listen to all these shows without. Uh, ads like fake the nation fake the nation has a bunch of really fun bonus episodes so um listen now to stitcher premium you can get a free month trial by using the code fake at the checkout that's f-a-k-e uh, so join stitcher premium support the show celebrate its 200th episode listen to a bunch of extra content i mean there's no downside right guys that was amazing i just joined Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I just
5: joined. I just joined twice. I saw,
0: I saw him. typing in <laughs> F A K E to get the free month trial.
5: That was incredible. Um, oh, you just dropped it in again. That's that's how you unfuck <laughs> your brand. Come on. That's branding right there.
0: We unfuck all know what your you're brand about. With unfuck your brand. Yeah, that's right. I'm just
4: gonna change my name to Atmos Giobrani <laughs> yeah. so people start following me. <laughs> all
0: right, let us launch into topic number one. What happened is Bill Barr moved to drop the case against Michael Flynn uh, two and a half years after Flynn pled guilty to a felony charge of making false statements to the FBI. What did you guys think of this little move?
4: Seems legit to me. (laughs) (laughs) You look at uh, Flynn, this just looks like a saint. He would never do anything wrong. Right. Even though, I mean... Listen, one time he showed up, gave a speech for Russian television, sat next to Vladimir Putin, got paid $45,000, didn't tell anybody that he was an agent of right. the Turkish government. Those are all things I everybody mean, forgets. Yeah.
0: Who yeah. among us? Who among us has not made that little mistake?
5: Yeah. I've, I've, I've dined with the president of Russia a couple of times, and I forget about it all the time. <laughs> I forget to tell you know, the vice president, you know, that I spoke to the Russian ambassador, and uh, all of a sudden I've made myself a blackmail risk.
3: This and is, then, this and is then the- I plead.
5: You know how I get out of this mess? How I plead, John? I plead guilty to the thing, and then I think about. it I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to. I don't want to plead guilty anymore. I'm a straight Resinned. white man. Get me out of this.
4: Because every time you watch television and the president is on, he he winks at you every time. He that's just right. gives you it's a. Like, look. Oh
5: wait a minute. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to plead guilty to. But that's what's something frustrating that I did. about
4: all. That's what's frustrating about all, all of this stuff. I wish, like, I wish this were a movie where it would be wrapped up nicely, and we had like. The lead prosecutor, and we saw that he or she were going to get the truth. And we would see that, like, there'd be a video somewhere. And you'd be yeah. like, there it is. It's uh, it's undeniable. Because anytime these guys go in front of any kind of Senate hearing, judicial hearing, whatever it is, they always go, you ask them questions. They go, yeah, well, were you with the uh, Russian ambassador? They're like, mm, I don't know. what, When? How? I don't, I don't recall. <laughs> what are words? I don't recall. Never mind.
5: Oh, it's yeah. not. A, but it's not a movie. There's not a narrative. Right. There will be no there's no accountability. There's no end point. There's an endless reality TV show by design, designed for everyone to circle down to their worst and most base instincts, starting with Bill Barr writing a letter to Donald Trump saying, yes, daddy, I will make the Department of Justice your your political enforcement arm. And I you will know- also get your friend off because you feel like it today.
0: And uh, I, I do – I don't know if it makes you guys feel any better. 16 former Watergate prosecutors told this federal judge – so basically a federal judge has the authority to, like, not let the case be dropped. Um, and he's thinking about it. Uh, Sullivan, I think is his name. And um, so 16 former Watergate prosecutors, you know, basically said – you know he has the authority to sentence Michael Flynn right now and just completely ignore uh, the Justice Department's effort to uh, toss the case. Uh, so there are people that are trying. I definitely,
5: I definitely think what's what's going to get us out of this cycle of purposeful dismantling of institutions and norms. And descent into political nihilism is a strongly worded letter. That's probably what, <laughs> that's what's been missing. Oh, I, excuse so me, true. I didn't realize 16, how many, did, Watergate prosecutors did you say 16? Oh, let's throw the guy back in jail. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, I I sense, I mean, I think the other thing that's happening is obviously this is happening under the cover of coronavirus. Uh, Would it be great if a vaccine could fix the federal government? Um, because coronavirus will end uh, the there, problems with this administration, though. So. There
4: is a vaccine. It's called uh, Election Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People hey. need to go out
4: woo and woo to vote. You. Yes, yes. <laughs> Triple I, I, woo. That's I I, so many times I'm just watching in my eyes. It's so blatant. It's so obvious. And I'm just shaking my head going, how is this happening? And you see it on Twitter. You get what you just said. There's people who you go. This guy is a a very uh, reliable source. And this person is criticizing the 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 actions of the federal government, whatever that is. And you think, well, someone's going to listen to this person. Oh, look, this person has millions of followers. AOC is yelling. So and so. All these people are yelling but they just very quietly nod and get away with and it. And do it anyway.
5: That's and the nature of power. Anyway.
4: So but don't um, go don't go
5: out and vote. Stay home and vote. I mean, what we need is national mail-in voting. Mail-in and also voting. and for that I think we also need a a post office. A postal system would be good to keep. I feel like as a nation that's oh, a good idea.
0: That's a whole thing that I've decided to like because it's uh, the, the funding for the postal system is running out in, like, September or something?
5: They're going yeah. to run out of money in September, yeah. Uh,
0: they're going to run out of money in September. We will save the postal system, I believe. Uh, yeah. But I know. But we're going to move the panic for that into, like, l- in the summer.
5: Yeah, no, we've um, got we to pace out our panic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, there's just too buy, many panic things on the panic plate right now.
4: Buy stamps, people. Save the postal service. Buy stamps. Even if they don't use them, just buy them
0: guys, just yesterday I used a stamp. I fully mailed something. And I just thought, isn't this a great thing that is actually part of the reason we became a republic? Um, but when you
4: mail something, let me ask you, because I've mailed a couple things under coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you go to the, I've gone to the actual box. Yeah. And I, and I very, I'm very like. Gingerly. Like, dee yeah, dee yeah, dee yeah. Now well, I'm scared of mailboxes.
0: I mean, you, first of all, <laughs> use a glove. Go ahead and use those gloves and uh, second of all, you can use a nice hand sanitizer after, and then of course wash your hands as always. Uh, keep mailing things. It's nice to get something to mail. I got a I've got a coronavirus like thinking of you card the other day, and it just really brightened my day. Let's- coronavirus
4: is thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a really comprehensive virus. We don't give it enough credit oh, for all this, that it does. I got
4: I got this this
5: spooky looking envelope. It's postmarked coronavirus. Please open as soon as possible
4: and inhale. Oh, oh. All right, I'll Lick do it here. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you another question. Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Yesterday, Fauci and a bunch of other experts testified in front of the Senate um, that basically. Uh, shit is still not great. Um, uh, that that it's still pretty dangerous. There is this is what Fauci said. He said there is a real risk that you will trigger an outbreak that you may not be able to control uh, if you basically if you open too early. So um, and then out of the. White House, we got another fun message on Monday, which was, We have met the moment and we have prevailed, said Donnie. So, which one of those is true, and what are Americans supposed to think?
5: Oh, it's me, John Hodgman. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the problem is Americans don't know what they're supposed to think, because one of the most horrible things about the, aside from the physical disease and infection and virus itself, there is the fact that there has been no, absolutely no coordination of public information. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, everyone loves Fauci, right? Fauci! We all love Fauci. I got it, I have my so Fauci great. shirt on, so great. I I the the quote that you read, uh, you didn't read the complete quote. So he's out there saying that Donald Trump's rosy, like everyone's gonna put sunlight in their butt and it's gonna be fine, is not good. There's a real risk that you will trigger an outbreak you may not be able to control if you open too soon, some suffering and death that could be avoided, but could even set you back on the road trying to get economic recovery. So even Fauci is framing this not as a public health issue, but as an economic health issue. Yep. And that he's doing that on purpose because he knows that people not dying is less important to Trump than the economy getting better. And he wants Trump to listen to him. He doesn't want to get fired, Right. And I say, Fauci, get fired, resign. Like Fauci's one of these. There are two people who work for Donald Trump: creeps and opportunists who want to make cash and get power, and then relatively good-hearted people like Dr. Fauci, who want to be in a position that they can help, you know, they can help steer the the, the public debate and not abandon the government to a a, a, a guy whose head is a, a beehive rolling down a hill into a lake of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. But Fauci is giving cover to Trump, you know, being attacked by Tucker Carlson and uh, and, and being attacked by somewhat board certified ophthalmologist Rand Paul. That gives Trump cover because Fauci's out there going, uh, OK, everyone who believes in science, right. listen to me. And meanwhile, Trump can say, hey, if you don't want to listen to science, listen to me. Fauci would do more good being out of that job, speaking up publicly rather than being in the job, trying to keep it and trying to get Trump to do the right thing, because Trump's going to do whatever he wants
4: to do anyway. Mas? I want to I want to be able to agree with John on that. First of all, let me say that this was the Trump mission accomplished moment. He just needed yep. the banner behind right. him. Yep. Right? We did it. The, you know, I mean, come on, dude. And, and secondly, I want to agree with you. But the problem that we've run into over and over and over again, because I'm of the same mind, like. When he was on the podium going, you put some light in your body and then some some disinfectant, and he looks over at Dr. Burks, and she was just sitting there like,
3: uh-huh. mm. that
4: was her moment to just get up and be like, I'm out of here. This is crazy, like right. in front of the whole world. Just right. get up and go, you're nuts, and walk out. That would have been great. But somehow, these guys are able to find a bunch of sycophants and just as crazy-minded people to come in and take these people's positions, and you realize, oh, my God, because – all these people are probably thinking Fauci, everybody, whoever wrote that op-ed back in the day going, we're the adults in the room, we're keeping us a little right, bit on right, track. Right, right, That's what they're thinking. So I agree with you a thousand percent. I wish Fauci, like when Rand Paul asked him about like, oh, you're not the end all to every- yeah, all Yeah, show stuff. some I wish-
5: humility, Dr. Fauci.
4: Yeah, I wish Fauci would have been <laughs> like, "Listen, that. dude, look at you and your—you know—you got it." Didn't he get it? I mean, he was on lockdown or something, and you got your beard and whatever. Go, yeah. get out of here. You go, 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 lick a pole. I'm out. You guys want—you don't want me? Get one of these nut jobs who's in a conspiracy theory video. Let them give you your medical advice. Well, Rand, Rand,
5: she, Rand Paul she's... has his sexy corona beard, and he thinks it's done. He thinks it's ready. <laughs> open open up the uh, open up the uh, bowling uh, uh, alleys.
0: <laughs> I I think, though, you know, now that the coronavirus task force is going to be ra- winding down, they could, you know, you're, I mean, I think you're right, John, that, that they could at least go into that phase of, like, I don't give a shit what I say publicly anymore. This task force is winding down. I may lose, I mean, I don't fully understand, like, what the head of the allergy and infectious disease does on a day-to-day basis. Probably some really important shit, so maybe, and that stuff is a little bit less under the microscope, right? So he's doing stuff on a daily basis that we don't even know about that is really important, and maybe we want him to still continue to to do that even when the task force has wrapped up.
5: I don't want to abandon our federal government to thieves and charlatans either, but we've done it. it's already happened the, right you know the the every horse has left this barn. And I agree with you. I mean, Fauci's yeah. probably doing some good stuff over there at the, I can never remember what it is, Institute for allergies. allergy and Allergies is the allergies and Claritin Studies or whatever it yes. is. Yes, that's what, what it is.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. Let me, let's quickly mention that Jared Kushner uh, was asked about the November elections and whether or not they would be postponed. He didn't rule it out. Um I, know, I feel like I sound like Bill Maury or he's like obsessed with the idea that Trump, even if there's election, is not going to leave or that there won't be an election. Um, do you, Are you guys worried about that at all? About there not being an election in November?
4: I'm just worried about Jared Kushner having an opinion on these things. Like, why? I
0: know, I know.
4: Who, who is this guy? Like, I mean, what, there's zero level of, I mean, it's, it's kind of what we said about Trump. There's zero experience in this world. And now there's. Even less experience in this world, and he gets put in charge of. The most important things, peace in the Middle yes. East. Yes. Right. Now you're going to go out and talk about the coronavirus. Now let's go out and talk about the elections. What does he know? I, I, I know, Just shut when up. I saw,
0: when I saw the headline, I was like, why are, why are journalists talking to that guy? You know what I mean? It's like asking yeah. an intern the questions. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. But he actually, you know, and that's the scary thing. There are people in the White House that have power that we – that that are baffling, um, but they actually probably wield some power in ways that we don't understand.
4: You're right. Like John said about Fauci quitting, I think journalists should just ignore. Like if Jared shows up at the podium, people should be like, "Are you just testing the mic or what, what are you doing?" Are you the roadie? <laughs> yeah.
5: He's just there to do a line check. <laughs> yeah, I mean the mistake is asking Jared Kushner's opinion on anything because
3: I know what you know. He he,
5: he learned he learned at the knee of his father-in-law to have contempt for experience and expertise and he's never he's never accomplished anything other than failure in his life except marrying well so right um Question, no, constitution, questionably, questionably constitutionally well. constitutionally constitutionally you might be surprised that Jared Kushner has no say in when the election occurs Nor, neither it does is, the president for that it matter. is
0: law it is federal law that it be on the first tuesday of november and
5: the beauty of so. like what like the beauty of it is oh I mean how many different ways do you want to have it? The the virus is so dangerous that we need to postpone the election, but not so dangerous that we can open every tattoo parlor and and tongue kissing party <laughs> all over the nation again. It's 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 mind-boggling it's not worth anyone's attention. What I but and, I am concerned that there will be I am concerned that whatever happens with the election if it is not to Donald Trump's liking he will say that it never
4: happened. And yet, 2020 has been such a crazy year. Where yeah. if that happened, none of us would be surprised. So, right. if you recall, just like a week ago or whatever it was, the Navy said, "Oh, we have some film of UFOs. Right.
3: So, <laughs> aliens <laughs> might have right. been
4: here." I'm thinking November 3rd, Trump pulls back his skin and he's a reptile. Yeah, and it, it, it unlocks his it, all... jaw
5: and eats a guinea pig.
4: Yes, yeah. I
5: was. I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to the radio. Sorry. So, sorry, Stitcher Premium. I was listening to the terrestrial <laughs> yeah. radio the other day.
0: How dare you!
5: And it went out for a second, and and I went around the dial and I couldn't get I couldn't get it back in. Finally, when I dialed it back in, the station it was a public radio station. The voice sounded really. This is what it sounded like. They're, they're having some audio issue, right? And it sounded like this. <laughs> it sounded like the probe. Of Empire Strikes Back when they're listening to it on Hoth. <laughs> and Truly for a full 30 seconds, I honestly was like, oh, this is it. Uh, this is an alien invasion.
0: Right, right. <laughs> it's happening.
5: All broadcasting has been shut down, and this is the message that we should now surrender. And I, but I also I, because, think it would Because be... of exactly what ba- Maz said, which is so much, so much has happened that has been unimaginable that has happened, and then we've gotten used to it so quickly. It's ter- that's terrifying.
0: On that note of terror, um, let us uh, take a quick break. Oh, but before we take a break, we have like a little bit more merriment for you. Uh, We're going to hear a quick montage of uh, voicemails uh, that you've all left. And uh, thanks again for doing that. And then we're going to hear from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the youth of America.
2: (laughs) Hello.
3: No one is available to take your call. Please
1: leave a message after the tone. Hi, it's Judy Gold, uh, and I want to wish Fake the Nation a happy, happy 200th shepher- oh, episode. Fuck. Hi again. This is Aaron Jackson calling to wish you and Fake the Nation a happy anniversary. Four years. That's huge. That is a single-term presidency. And
5: then I guess personally in four years I would like to be God, I guess, incredibly wealthy and uh, conventionally physically attractive. It's Christian Finnegan calling to wish Nation a happy 200th episode. I hope that we look back at what we're going through now with with COVID-19 as as sort of a resetting of the bone. Uh, I remember when my dad was in high school, he had his nose broken playing football and it healed improperly. And so they had to break his nose again in order to set it right and so i hope that we look back at this period as a a resetting of the bone i'm hoping that the pain we're going through now pays off in the future and that we look at this as the time that we uh took what was a tragic situation and maybe set ourselves up to have a better 21st century
2: and again, and the whole Fake the Nation family, congratulations on your 200-episode anniversary. Incredible achievement. I mean, some careers are started and finished shorter than that. Well done. What will change in the next four years? Look, I'm going to go big with my prediction. I'm going to say the yeah, Civil War nation splits into red states blue states. Uh, the big danger, of course, being the red ones have more guns. But, you know, at the same time, can't wait to see it happen.
1: HeadGum, it's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura.
0: Today's show is sponsored by
1: Pros.
0: This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, um like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that. But we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this i got my stuff in the mail very quickly after i got a wonderful serum like i said this very creamy moisturizer Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like i I think it's possible that i've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness (laughs) for like many years. Because when I saw this cleanser, I was like, oh, is this what it's supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face. That's not what I've been doing. So I don't know, guys. And here's the thing. You don't have to take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, um, which is like the gold standard for research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level. If you think about it, just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation Um, will be taken off. That's pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Uh, Again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things, And I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in cancel subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. And we are back. And we're going to talk about... um, This thing we read, it turns out that Wu-Tang was prophetic in their song, Cream, cash rolls everything around me, uh, because a new poll found that Generation Z thinks it's more important to buy a home and make a lot of money than to marry, have children, and commit to a faith. Of course, Generation Z is also like, what's a Wu-Tang? Anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> we read the survey. It was of eighteen, to, uh, 13 to 22-year-olds they were asked. Um, and we. I just want to also point out that we read this survey in The Federalist, which is a rather conservative publication. Um, so a lot of their analysis of the results was sort of geared towards, you know, alarming people about marriage rates and alarming people about birth rates as opposed to, like, What could this just mean? Um, Or any positive outlook on it. But let's just talk quickly about some of their, like, top-line findings. Um, A majority of the respondents said that they thought marriage was uh, an important life goal, but not as high as the numbers that rated house and money as things that they were extremely or very important to them. Um... Did, what did you guys think, Maz? What do you think of these findings?
4: Well, first of all, when I looked at the chart, it was interesting because because there was a higher percentage that wanted a house and then they wanted money. And I was like, well, you need the money to get the house. So <laughs> money should be first and then the house. And then house, right,
0: um, right.
4: But secondly, I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, if if you saw that great movie, uh, Idiocracy, it's all about how marriage Less and less people seem to be getting married. I think. I think as people get more progressively minded, and as you travel the world and all that stuff, marriage starts becoming less important. Um, as do families and kids, and I think making money might be the driving force. And and let's look at again. Let's look at the world. Who's winning right now? The Trumps, the Kardashians, right. bling bling, right uh, now. The one the one uh, uh, little wild card in all this is when we're all on lockdown with our family and we're having these moments. I'm at home with my wife and my kids just last night. They're 11 and 9 and they were getting ready to go to bed and we all kind of just cuddled in bed, just caught up for the day. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So when you have those moments, you realize, you know, obviously family is important. But I think when you're single and you're young you have no idea you want to get away. And so I'm not surprised by the results at all. And I think you're right. The federalist was probably trying to warn religious types that, hey, you better talk to your kids and tell them get married and have babies or else uh, our religion is going to go by the wayside.
0: John, were you surprised by the findings?
5: I'm not surprised for all the reasons that Maz said. I mean, you know, uh, marriage and having a family is uh, happens much later in the lives of urban, cosmopolitan communities, progressive communities, and that sort of thing. And we are seeing a drift away from organized religion in this country, um, which I do not find particularly concerning personally. But it did, the article did make me very angry, I have to say, because as yeah. I was reading it, it took me a moment to, you know, because he sent me the link and I started reading because I do my homework. I'm a good boy. Thank you. And then I realized, oh my God, the game tricked me into reading an article in The Federalist. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. There could not be a greater waste of my time than this. This is pure, classic, conservative propaganda. Mm. Secularism is eroding the family. Right. People aren't having enough babies, specifically the people I want to have babies, i.e. <laughs> conservative white people of faith, right? And I, I won't m- mention the name of the woman who wrote it because A, I can't remember it. B, I'm not going to look at it again. C, I don't want to give her any credit. But she's a founding <laughs> editor of the Federalist. Right. And she threw in this sop like, you know, with an aging population uh, and younger people not having children at the same rate, that'll be less income to go to elderly folk when, when it comes time to pay off Social Security. The erosion of Social Security is not going to happen because of a generational drift with fewer younger people paying into the system. Social Security will end because the GOP exists. That is the number one threat to Social Security. Not... Not enough people of faith are having babies.
0: Um, I will say, however, John Hodgman, that um, you know, in in a lot of European countries and a lot of Asian countries, especially like Japan, they are having the problem where they're not replacing their population, sure. and and the elder uh, the elderly population is becoming a, a drain on public resources uh, because they're not working age anymore, so they're not a tax base, and blah blah blah. Um so that well, is luckily, that 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 can happen.
5: Luckily according to the lieutenant governor of Texas whose name I also can't remember will speak. Luckily according to him COVID-19 has come to save us from that fate because all the old <laughs> oh people are going to sacrifice themselves so that the young people – no, wait a minute. Are the young people –
4: somebody's going to get sacrificed for the economy. No, That's, the old
0: people are going to get sacrificed the so the people. young people can have an economy.
4: They can have an America. Yeah,
0: yeah that yeah. was his argument.
4: Yeah, the Japanese old people were lasting way too long. So <laughs> you're right. You—they <laughs> And by the way, yeah, they could probably – you're right. In the next article, probably, the federalists will probably use the fear of immigrants and say if you don't have babies, we're going to have to start bringing in immigrants – to do jobs and uh, to help the economy. So you better start having babies or we're going to have brown people coming in. Yeah.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. In Japan.
4: No, no. In Japan, they're already doing that. Japan is already starting to, to, to allow more people to immigrate because they need for their workforce and for their economy. So I'm saying to go into John's point of, of the federalist, uh, the writer of the author of that article who said, if you don't have, if, if people don't get married, and have babies, the social security is going to go away. So, Hey, old people reading this article, you better tell your grandkids to have babies. To have I babies. said the next, the next article, she's going to say, if your grandkids don't have babies, Brown people are gonna to have to come in and help the economy. So tell your, tell your white people, white grandkids to have babies. Yeah.
0: Although Japan has another solution. It's not like they open their doors completely. Japan is notoriously xenophobic. They, one of their big solutions has been Robots. To like robot, a, robot
5: babies. Robot. This, does,
0: this does sound like Japan to
5: me. This sounds like I've never Ro- been, but this robot, sounds all right.
0: Robot, um, robot elder care is a thing in Japan. Obviously, they've had oh. you know they've, some of them have been doing robot sex dolls or whatever. That's normal, but um, but robot like elder care and stuff like that. They've been I- experimenting with that because again, it's a way to, for them not to have to use immigrant labor.
4: Well that will work in America as long as the robots are white Christians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the interesting thing was, yeah, I again we we can we can sort of assume that the poll is correct. Um in the poll, young women were slightly more likely than young men to rate buying a home as important, 71% to 66%. So it's almost like y- women are even more into uh, the material than the familial. Um, and I found that a little, I mean.
5: But I don't, I, if, if mm. I may, I don't, first of all, woo. Second of all, if I may.
0: <laughs> Please.
5: I don't necessarily equate preferring a home and financial security in adulthood before having children as, a, of, as materialism over family. I equate okay. that with being, I would like to be a whole human being for, and, and have some security in my life before I decide, to make a responsible decision to have kids, I mean, this is okay. you know th- 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 that that I think is a, that I think is why there is this drift, particularly in, ur- in you know in urban, educated, cosmopolitan communities, people want to have full adult lives as individuals First. before they have kids, yeah. you know, and that's where yeah. a home and, and financial security comes in. I think it would be really good, frankly, if people you know like. I, I will never bear a child because I, uh, I am cis male, right? Mm, mm, yes. But I would not want my personhood to be defined by how how quickly I could pop out babies for the editor of The Federalist as a woman. <laughs> when, in fact, I might want to have a career in a home first. And I don't feel that <laughs> yeah, immaterialist.
4: materialist. I think it actually is. It, it does. I mean, it gives me hope. For a more progressive future, yeah. when people are, like you said, John, taking time to become complete people, think for themselves, not fall into this cycle of being young, having kids, trying to keep their heads above water, and not being, not not allowing themselves to become more enlightened in life. I mean, absolutely. I actually don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, the only the only difficulty might be economically if, for whatever reason, we need we need people right. to keep the economy going. Yeah, nation going. by
5: nation. Nation by nation and an aging population that is not replacing itself is problematic under the under the strictures of whatever retirement plan each nation has today. But that can be adjusted. We can raise the age of retirement. We can adjust how that's paid off. We can tax people more money. And right. we, you know what I mean? There are all kinds of ways we can adjust that. But wealth
0: tax, wealth tax, yeah, wealth but, tax. But
5: globally, you know, what we don't need more of people. We got them. We got all the, we got all the people we need. <laughs> Globally speaking, true. we don't need more. Yeah, babies.
0: true, true but. that. Um I will say one thing that feels like is creeping in all, and I, I don't even think this is a, a part of the generation Z necessarily specifically Um, It's definitely a part of millennials and Gen X is just general commitment phobia. I was actually surprised that home ownership was like such a strong point in this poll because that indicates that you are not commitment phobic, that you want to put all a bunch of your money into this thing, this symbol of stability, right? Um, And I think, you know, look, we're at a point right in, in in, in, in human history where, you can play everything by ear because you've got a cell phone. You can text someone. I'm running three minutes late. Um, you know what? Turns out today I don't feel so good. I'm canceling. Um, I'm on the subway. I don't know where I'm going. Where are we meeting? Like all of these things happen so last minute. Everyone has become, you know, all plans are just like maybes. You know what I mean? Especially and, now. Especially now. Yeah. And it feels like, um, that that a little bit of that is sort of bleeding into marriage and it bleeds into d- online dating. You know, online dating means you just have so many options. If this one doesn't work out, you go to another one and that's you just have endless options. It makes commitment to some kind of stability. Yeah. Um, well, I do. I will say that you, you raise
5: a really good point there, because, you know, I also had understood the the sort of conventional wisdom about millennials and generation z that they didn't want to own things rent like they wanted to rent and be impermanent and never commit to a place to live like that's sort of the yeah. that's the understanding in the real estate industry right yeah. now i guess right so it was surprising to read that home ownership was such a priority for the for these you for these youths you know so that did well, take was- me by
4: surprise I will say to home ownership, first of all, Negin, you know, coming from an Iranian background or a lot of immigrants, like I was taught at a young age, my parents would say, buy property, buy property. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Buy, own property. So a lot of, you know, immigrants are taught by their parents, buy property because eventually you can rent it out and make money and it's all, yeah. you know, good for the future. But I will say in a survey, it may, f- it may sound like a good idea. So I think right. a lot of people are going, right. like, yeah, I'd love to buy property. Yeah. but they don't think about all that's going to go into that buying of the property. So as Nagin, you were saying, like nowadays dating could be swipe right, swipe yeah. left. It's that easy. So you go, yeah, of course, if I can. I'll buy a house until you go to buy a house and you realize, wait a minute, there's actually a lot more involved. I need to, I need to have a good credit credit score. I need to save up some money. I need to go in, fill out the paperwork. I got to put in the offer. I got to get denied. What? I got to. And, and at some point, I bet you <laughs> they
3: knew.
5: Maz, I
4: want
3: to take,
5: take your seminar. I want to take your seminar, Maz.
4: If you, people realize I'm, the
0: amount of work that goes into buying a house, they might go, ah, oh, just rent. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of that Paul of Tompkins bit where he, uh, where he's like, yeah, I, I decided I was going to go buy a house, and I went and looked at a house, and I was like, this is beautiful, you know, like, we'll take it. How much is it? And they said, it's $1 million. And then he's like, oh, I, and then he slowly backed out of the house, not realizing that houses could be $1 million. Yeah, right. Um, but, but I would say, yeah, like,
5: you know, I, 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 I agree, like, people's tastes and and priorities are obviously changing i think maz brings up a good point that like i don't think the class of i don't think the class of 2020 graduating from college right now mm-hmm. seeing this survey for them the idea of owning a home is definitely a thought experiment for them the idea right. of having a job is a, is probably impossible and it dep- yeah. when, depending on when this survey was taken if it was taken like this week i would imagine a lot of young people would be like house of uh, uh, money, family. Um, I'm just thinking about macaroni and cheese. When when does five o'clock come so I can have a glass of wine? You know,
0: right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is this was a recent uh, poll. Um, I yeah, I was surprised that it wasn't like just complete. I, I think completely blown out of the water by coronavirus. That like all of these answers were just d- different because of the pandemic. Um, and then one thing that I was thinking while I was reading it was like. You know, I've talked to my pe- my friends who decided not to have kids. Um, so like they're in their 30s. They sort of have to make the choice now. And Shame. they've like made the choice. Shame not to. on
5: them. I am and- the Federalist. Shame <laughs> on your friends.
0: Um, and I have a lot of friends in that category. And um, and I was thinking, you know, and I was talking to some of them like on whether or not the pandemic has changed their thinking. And, you know, and the sentences have been, like, they Get to the point where they say, you know, throughout this pandemic with our, you know, our decision not to have kids, you know, we've been thinking, and I'm like, oh, they're going to completely reverse track. We've been, and then it'll be like, We've been thinking it's absolutely the right thing that we're not having. Yeah, like and then and then, and and a, and a couple others have been like, oh, I actually think adoption is maybe more the route, you know, that yeah. that's actually what this pandemic is making us think. Um and so it's been interesting to see um the, this kind of world historic event also change people's feelings about just bringing kids into uncertainty.
4: Kids are a good thing. I have kids. I love, I mean, I think they're, I mean, if anybody wants to have kids, it's a great thing. And uh, I personally, as someone who's a touring comedian who'd always be on the road, I've, I've actually been enjoying my time with my kids. Of course, within the course of a day, I think anyone who's on lockdown, and if you have people you're on lockdown with, you go through... 50 emotions in a day you go through the <laughs> oh i yeah. love you come here let me give you a kiss and then like why did you leave your dishes i've done dishes twenty right. times. you know right so uh, i just i think though the i was not surprised at all by this article because i think as people g- get more and more involved in their careers and what have you and and everyone right now is jonesing for this to be over so they can pursue their careers and pursue their dreams and whatever it is so Even under coronavirus, I think a lot of people are thinking, I want to have a career and get my life and go travel the world and see the world and yada, yada. If
0: I was between the ages of 13 to 22 and I was being pulled, none of these things would have applied to me. I didn't actually think about money in that way. I didn't think about home ownership at all. I thought about um, travel and Accomplishment and through education and personal like career accomplishment in in an abstract way that wasn't attached to money. You know what I mean? That those mm -hmm. are the things I thought about. Um, Maybe maybe people are think maybe thirteen to twenty two year olds are thinking more specifically about money in a way that maybe you know my generation didn't or something. But uh, but it seems it seems like this poll is also just a ridiculous. It's ridiculous to ask this age group anything serious. <laughs> yeah,
5: I mean, I should say also, as much as I've been advocating a child-free by choice lifestyle here, mm. I also have ki- like Maz. I also have kids, and like Maz, mm. I also love Maz's kids, <laughs> and I enjoy They're spending. Yeah, I enjoy spending time with them. No, I spend time with my own children. I love them. but you know, we, we as a, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm an elderly person. I'm 48 years old. You know, I had a job by the time the he's disintegrating
0: you know. over this Zoom call. By the way, for those of you who don't know, yeah,
5: no, I'm a I'm a creature of of dust and bone. Yeah. Uh, I never had to live through the incredible financial insecurity that that kids who got out of college in 2008 did, and income inequality has only been ex- expanding ever since then. And now, now I understand exactly how insecure. We all feel because we do not know what's going to happen tomorrow at all. We've been we've we've gone. we're going through lifetime changes every day. Things that we never thought would happen are happening. It does not surprise me that kids of this generation are thinking like, yeah, I'd just like to have a house, please, to sit in some security, some consistency of experience. That makes sense to me.
0: That's a beautiful note to end on. And uh, we are going to move on to the next topic. But before we do, we're going to hear a few more joyous and wonderful voicemails from uh, you, the listeners, and the panelists of Fake the Nation.
1: Please leave a message after the tone. Oh, I fucked up again. I can't. Judy Gold, I'm losing um, my mind because I have too many people in my house. So I'm going to hang up and call back
2: one more time. This is Leah Bonima, and I would like to say happy anniversary, Nagin and Fake the Nation. I would also like to say I hope in four years, everybody has health care, everybody has access to good health care. And I hope
1: there's a great vaccine for COVID. And I'm gonna go one up from that and I'm gonna hope there's a vaccine for cancer. Hey Nagin, it's me, Mike Kaplan. There's a, a Buddhist Zen master, I believe, named Shunryu Suzuki, who said you, something like, "You're perfect. Everyone is perfect, exactly as you are, and also you can stand some improvement." So uh, that's what I hope. I hope for every perfect person to continue to improve, and also everyone else, and also it's everyone. We're all we're all the same. We're all one. We're all we're all doing it. I I, I hope. Let's all let's all be doing it. That's what I'd like. Uh, good good work. You're doing it. Hello, hello. Happy two hundredth episode to Nagin and Sake the Nation. This is Benari. In addition to wishing you well, want to uh give you my thoughts for uh, what I'd like to see in the next four years and uh what I'd like to see change is I'd like to see uh peace and prosperity uh for us all, um health and happiness, uh and uh fewer Nazis. Fewer Nazis would be great. Uh that would in fact zero Nazis would be super awesome. Hi, again, It's Katie Compa. I'm calling to wish you a happy 200th episode of Fake the Nation. Um, what I hope changes in the next four years is that uh, we have a leader who's not mentally ill. And that's about it. The bar's pretty low this year.
0: And we are back and we're ready for topic number three. Uh, okay, so we read a piece in The Atlantic called Good Riddance to the Handshake by Megan Garber. Um, Now, I'm someone who likes a good handshake. You know, is it solid? Is it limp? Is it a little sweaty? Is it wistful? Is it entrepreneurial? You know what I mean? A handshake can say so much, and it does so wordlessly. Um, It's just a wealth of sociological insight, so I really love them. Uh, Of course, I won't attempt one now until there's a vaccine, but the question is, do you think the handshake is over, Mas?
4: I used to love the handshake. I mean, I thought a handshake, handshake, I think, would indicate your passion for life. Mm. It, you know, yes. when I met someone and How are you? I've been, mean, I'm good. And they shook it. Oh, I, I, right away, you were on my good side. I loved you. This is fantastic. And my biggest pet peeve yes. was the wet, ha- wet, uh, 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 you know, the, the wet, wet fish. fish handshake. Yeah. Oh, God. And not to stereotype, but I'm going to stereotype a lot of times when I'd be doing shows in the Middle East and it was the young, rich kids, like kids of rich people who hadn't really worked for anything. And you would meet Mm. some like, you know, Saudi kid or an Emirati kid. You go, hey, how are you? And, you know, when I say kid, I mean like 18-year-old, 20-year-old. And they would be all wet and be like, I'm good. How are you? I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, get get this guy to work a little bit. This kid's (laughs) been... Manicure too long in his life. This kid needs, you know, so that was my biggest pet peeve. And I would try to teach them handshake, but ever since this corona thing started, I've been doing namaste. Yeah, and you know, I think the Indians knew what's up. And the beauty of doing the namaste because I told someone about this, I said, You just namaste people and they and they stay away because. I was telling my friend this and they go no I just if I don't want to shake someone's hands I just go oh I don't shake hands I go no you that's an in, that's an insult to that person right cuz then you're saying you are the one with coronavirus I'm not going to shake your hands but but if if you just do not mistake then the person thinks wow you're enlightened you you're probably doing yoga, but meanwhile you're thinking, no, <laughs> I'm afraid you might have. You the you
0: bought a few things from the Goop website. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. But like, I I I mean, the interesting thing about the handshake is that it survived plagues before you know there are times historically where it's gone out of vogue but then it's come back in vogue once the the kind of social memory of the spanish flu died down people went right back to handshaking and then some of our most kind of iconic like political history moments i'm thinking like um you know um, trump
4: macron Trump
0: Macron, right. 25 minute handshake um the the israeli palestinian conflict uh what was that moment in 90 tiny 90, 92 with the oslo accords i'm blanking on their the two Perez of their names and
4: uh, uh Perez and was it was it arafat who was there Shema?
0: arafat and rabin and rabin rabin arafat and rabin um and uh you know i'm even thinking of like et phone home you know what i mean it was like a well, that was like a a finger, a, shape. An, a finger to finger. finger it was a finger, yeah
5: is that, is that how um, we should be doing it now
0: you know there's a, there's an argument to be made I think what's nice about it is that it is a physical symbol of connection yeah. um and so I think like this you know the it, it's nice to be like yeah the handshake is over blah 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 but um if it is it has resurrected itself more times in in the last you know, millennia than we, you know. I'm a fan I'm a fan of the
5: handshake. It's one of the only forms of physical contact that doesn't terrify me. I like it.
0: <laughs> okay. I think it's a
5: beautiful human gesture and I appreciate why the author of this article, would you remind me of her name Megan
0: Megan Garber.
5: I appreciate why Megan Garber is not is kind of happy that the handshake is out for the time being, which is entirely appropriate citing specifically the Trump macron handshake because Trump has truly turned the handshake into a form of physical dominance which is gross yeah. right because the handshake itself is a is a, a sign of vulnerability it's showing you don't have a weapon and and I will trust you to take my hand and and that's that's the beauty of the gesture you know and there's a closeness to it as well so just as I don't think it's right we shouldn't, you know, cede the idea of real Americanness ness to the GOP. Let's not let Trump grab our handshake by the hands and turn it into this aggressive thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I hope that it comes back safely, you know? I, I, and I trust that it will for the same reason that you said.
0: I think what's a bigger question is what's going to happen to the hug. I think we three are in, I think, a hug-rich industry. True. Um. Where in fact, if you've worked with someone before, you don't even it. The handshake is almost too formal. You go for the hug, yeah, right? Yeah, um, even if you've only worked with them like one other time, you know. Uh, and the hug is the in, hug
5: is um, unfairly it's it's uh, it's unfairly inflicted upon women compared to men. Women are expected true. to hug. Socially, much more
4: often yes, than men are.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's not yeah, and that's people,
4: hug me, people hug me a lot and they just put their hand right on my ass. So, right. I, I, yeah. Well, I, look, quite maybe, maybe this I, is I anecdotal
5: ahead. to my own life because I've never been <laughs> hugged. Not even by my <laughs> own parents.
4: Well, you know, one of the, one of the, one of what I liked about our business was because we do, we would do, we would do live events. Yeah. Yeah you would get to meet your fans afterwards. And there was a lot of arms around the shoulders for the picture and this and that. And now the thought of a picture at a meet and greet just freaks me out. I I feel like they need to be behind a rope 10 feet away and I'll just go like that and then get the picture. I mean, it's, it's, and I'm someone who was not a You should a just do the paper
0: cutout, a Maz Jobrani paper cutout. Right, paper and Maz. Then, uh, you don't have to touch anybody. I'll,
4: no, do, and that- I'll do, I'll do Zoom, a Zoom performance and I'll mail them a paper Maz and they can take a picture
0: with that. <laughs> I mean, human, human um, bodies
5: are gross and, and it's hard to negotiate. But if what's your name from the Federalist wants these babies to happen, we're eventually going to have to touch each other again. <laughs> Yeah. and we're, gonna, ha- and we're well, gonna it'll be it'll be however many 18 months two years three years whatever it is to get a vaccine to get past this moment but trust trust me trust me physical contact will come back I promise you this because I went for a walk in prospect park trying to avoid the crowds wearing my mask trying to stay six feet away from everybody my wife and I wandered in down sort of these these back roads of prospect park in order to stay away from people and we got into this deep this deep part of the park we'd never been to before. And there were like fifteen twenty something year olds, a clutch of them maskless, all hanging out together and partying. And I realized, oh yeah, this this is gonna happen. They they think yep. they're invincible. Like I yep. thought You know the- like I feel like, oh, when you look at like wearing a mask and staying at home and doing your work through Zoom as a as a as an adult with children, I was like, Yeah, thank God I don't have to go outside anymore. But the young people <laughs> <laughs> young people young people want to fuck. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do oh it. Oh my <laughs>
0: God. I wanted I want I was out there trying to fuck all the time yeah. in my twenties. And like this would be I would have been I mean, I probably would have been yeah. oh, d- one of these assholes, like asymptomatic, yeah. running around in the woods with a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, the smearing my- like walking
5: the path, sneering at me, and I slowly backed away into the bushes like Homer.
0: I would have been that guy. Yeah. I mean, I would have. Good for that. Um, one of the things that makes me sad, though, Maz, is the line after the show because I really love meeting strangers. Like, I love meeting strangers, you know? And then to meet the strangers, who have come to your show, you're like, oh, you're not a stranger anymore. Like, I know you now, even if it's for just these 20 seconds where you're giving me a hug. Um, and and in one of my last pre-COVID acts, I mean, I did a line of several hundred people in Iowa. Yeah. It was just like hugs and handshakes, handshakes and hugs, Nagin Farsad, the super spreader. Whoa. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I wanna point out too, the, the weird thing in France is kissing, right? In a lot of European countries, and, in, and among Iranians as well, right? Yeah. We do the, the double kiss, and in France, and listeners may know this about me. I lived in Paris for a while. Ooh, it's not a big go. deal. <laughs> and, um, <Le> <laughs> and um, and I like I didn't realize that the, I thought the kiss was just more just for the social situations where you're seeing friends and whatever. I ha- got a job. I was an English teacher, and I go to the office. And the administrators kind of got up to do the kiss. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. We're in a professional setting. You'll take my hand, sir. I mean, I didn't say, I just sort of shoved my hand uh, in front of his face. And he's like, oh. And then he immediately was like, oh, right, American, whatever, shook my hand. And then I realized, oh, no, all the other teachers are faring le with the administrators. So the French are so into the kiss that you do it in Businesses, you know what I mean, where you'd think this would never happen in America, right? Um, You know what? uh, And it's so French, and it's so like, it's such a quirky, adorable, very French thing. It makes me like sad. Like, what are they gonna do? You know? Well, they they banned kissing. They banned
5: kissing after the Black Plague, and then it came back. And
0: then it came back. But I like what what
5: Maz said about the namaste because that is a very polite way of saying. Not right now. There's a lot of illness around and I don't feel comfortable with it. But I'm not going like holding my hands up going, get away. I'm accepting your surrender and honoring it, the the surrender of your hand and honoring it.
4: We used to see footage of, or when I would travel, I would see like Asians wearing the mask and I would think, oh, they're paranoid. Yeah. You see footage of China or wherever it was and they're wearing masks. You're going, yeah, these people are crazy. Now in our streets, we're wearing masks. So perhaps. We are headed towards the namaste. We're headed towards the bowing. Even the Persians have a version of not kissing because we kiss, but also you can do the hand of the chest and a little bow. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. that's, yeah, nice. that's nice. Good nice to see you. To
0: the, I like nice the hand to, to the, the chest. I feel I th- yeah. that's. that seems yeah. very honorable to me, the hand to the chest.
5: I don't leave the house now unless I am fully dressed as Sister Knight from Watchmen on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> total, okay, total, so, total
0: so John, let me ask you this question. Um... What about summer? So you talked about going into the park the other day. How do you see summer playing out with your family?
5: Well, uh, as you know, I've written several books, including a book called Vacation Land, talking about how uh, we spend a big chunk of our lives. I I live part time and will eventually die in the state of Maine. Mm
0: -hmm.
5: Maine also celebrating uh, its bicentennial, its 200th year of statehood.
0: Also known as the one state of the union that makes swabs that we are all hmm. desperate for because go, they are they help with the testing.
5: Go go! Once known as the as the as the lobster source of America, now the swab king of the union, Maine.
4: <laughs> also the the home of the White Bob Marley. Exactly. So,
5: <laughs> have you ever seen Bob Marley? The White Bob Marley perform? He's a stand up comedian from New England. He's he basically <laughs> no. tours. He basically tours the Maine State Fair circuit. Have you One seen him perform? One of the funniest perform? people He's I've ever so met. He was so funny. He was so funny. I went to see him at the Blue Hill Fair because, you know, I basically I basically have, have degraded into becoming a regional humorist now that I live in Maine all the time and talk about <laughs> Maine. And I got to say, I got to do my homework and go watch Bob Marley perform. And that guy killed it so hard at the State Fair. And he was performing t- to a, to a stand, like on a racetrack. On a stage, Nightmare. on one side of the racetrack, to across the racetrack to the stands, and he just held everyone in his hand. It was so great, Bob Marley.
0: And an outdoor performance like that is a little bit my idea of hell. At but, a state uh,
5: fair, across crazy. a racetrack,
4: it's crazy. It's hilarious. That he was, he was I do a little impression. That. He, talk, he talks like <laughs> this. I mean, man, my 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 dad, my mom, I say. Hey Bob, get over there! Yeah, I don't. It is just he's all over the place, and it's the funniest thing of the world.
5: You should be Bob Marley too. You should tour as a Bob Marley impersonator.
0: Um, basically, the title of the show is "Meet White Bob Marley." We <laughs> will talk about him for several minutes, um, but talk about but in vacations. Terms of summer, well, in, in uh, terms sorry, of summer,
5: summer, I mean, this is something that's very much on the minds of people in. Maine, obviously Florida, the 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 coasts of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, the Jersey Shore, yep. the Wisconsin Dells, all over the country. There are huge communities that rely, you know, massively on tourism and yep. summer tourism in particular. And you know, you mm-hmm. sent me this article. You gave me this homework to read, New York Times op ed about how how to reopen the summer, and they were talking about how. They should they should open the beaches and they should open the the um, parks, the parks. And I agree with all of this. I mean, I think I think that there is a way to safely con- congregate on the beach. But I found the op ed to be really weird because to me it was essentially the liberal elite version of dudes in flag costumes storming the mission Capitol with guns saying we don't want to do this anymore. Like open up. We want to instead. But instead of demanding access to hair salons and tattoo parlors and bowling alleys, the New York Times wanted to go to Fire Island and close streets to cars and make sure people can safely birdwatch. <laughs> and really, I feel like the way to reopen summer, the, the the chance has passed to support these communities with coordinated federal aid to the small businesses that exist all up and down the coast and near lakes and everywhere where this goes. That's done. And in fact, now Maine is reopened. Maine is is demanding Janet Mills the democratic governor of Maine to they, they want to reopen you know because they don't want to lose their their livelihoods. So I would say you know if you want some, like I I think basically everyone should stay at home uh, and follow the guidelines and if you want if you want summer might not happen the way it used to happen last summer. But but if you want to support summer uh support the local businesses that are in those summer communities. And also the New York Times should be giving should be advocating for giving free air conditioners to the urban poor who can't go to these communities, who can't go out to the beach or whatever, because that's a big issue of the summer. You know, I think it's going to be a big health crisis.
4: One thing they're saying in California, I just saw, I think it was either Garcetti or Newsom was talking about the idea that they're going to start slowly opening beaches, but maybe limiting the number of people allowed. You're allowed to go there to exercise, not to really stay there. So I think the key is, Show up early, show up at seven, and just keep moving. So it's like jump in the water, swim a little bit, now run. It's almost like a triathlon. If you wanna go to the beach, <laughs> you gotta be active, yeah. which is good. I guess people gotta be healthy. You gotta exercise, get in there and get out. Get in, get out. And the other thing that I did like from the article was the idea of closing streets to cars and just making it a pedestrian summer. Yes. Why not? Yes. Let's not close cars. Just walk. All the streets are closed, no cars. The auto industry ain't going to like that. Oil and gas won't like that. Yeah. But how cool would that be if everywhere – you, you got to walk wherever you go, and it opens the streets and allows us to keep distance – and we could still, um, you know, uh, frequent some of these businesses and do curbside pickup.
0: Yeah, I I can't agree with you more. I love the idea of opening up streets, and in fact, I think um, Oakland opened up like seventy-two miles worth of streets or whatever. In New York, they opened up some streets, but then they closed them again. Or I don't I don't really know what went down there, but. If anyone needs open streets, it's New York City, um, and we have plenty of streets to go around, so we can do it. Uh, And and I think, yeah, I'd like, I think go to beaches, monitor the beaches. You know, all the parks, I I went to a couple parks last weekend in New York City. They were handing out masks. The police officers were there patrolling, making sure that people were observing social distancing. Everyone was. It was like a delightful, lovely time. The bars surrounding the parks were selling um, cocktails. People were buying them. You can do the open carry now or whatever um, and so th- it, and it was happening in a safe way. cops were there to make ensure that it was safe. they were also handing out masks I mean it was it was actually quite lovely.
4: It's like Amsterdam. That's what Amsterdam is. It's like, a, it's like Disneyland for adults. Like right. once in a while, a car will go by. Yeah, 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 And there's yeah. a bunch of people on bicycles. Yeah. And everyone's outdoors. Yeah, and it was actually. A good time. And also
0: like the New York Botanical Garden. Like th- these kind of and zoos. Like a lot of these places were just, you know, shut down uh, with a knee-jerk reaction. But if you really look at it, it's really doable to manage those places and make them safe and socially distant in and a socially distant way of enjoying summer and enjoying the outdoors. And I just wouldn't want to take that away from like kids. Um if you don't absolutely have to, which I don't think we do. I think there's ways of doing this safely.
5: Yeah, but it's just as you say, it's just a matter of sort of redefining what, what summer is to a certain yeah. degree.
0: Yeah.
5: And just as every day is redefining what life, what social life is today. You know, so but I mean I think the real issue of the summer, particularly in New York City is it's going to get hot. And people are going to suffer, you know, and there needs to be shade and there needs to be air conditioning and people need to have, you know, people can't go on the subway to get air conditioning reliably, you know? Right. So that I think is something that
0: that From needs to a be health point it. of view, especially it, for people right. who don't
5: have resources, it's and then
0: in important. New York City is a place that has cooling centers. What are those cooling centers going to look like? <clears> How <throat> safe are those going to be? I and mean, there's a lot of questions about the yeah. heat.
4: Right, and let's not forget, last summer was the hottest one of the hottest summers in Europe in a long time. Right. So this global warming. So maybe people on the right will start paying attention to global warming and go, "Oh, wow, it really is real." Except, for, except, um,
0: except, my money. That's really hopeful.
5: My money, you know, right now, right now, the ozone layer is repairing it. Right now, the ozone layer is, is repairing itself. Uh, emissions are way, way down because of what's happening here. Someone's going to come out with a report saying, actually, it's not so hot as we thought it was going to be because of because of the virus and because of stay at home. And then the GOP are going to be like, see, global warming is a, is a hoax. And <laughs> yeah. back, back, back then right. back to square one.
0: Well, people of Faith Nation, let me do, know what you um, are doing with your summer, what you think um, cities um, should be doing with uh, their land. Um, and I hope to hear from you. But uh, first, let's we're gonna wrap up the show. But before we do that, we're gonna hear another little groupling. Of voicemails um, that are fun and joyous and hilarious about again what people hope to see in the next four years, um, and then when we come back, uh, we'll we'll talk to Maz and John about their
1: hopes. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi again, it's Judy Gold, and I want to wish Fake the Na- Nation. Oh, I can't even talk. Fake the Nation a happy, healthy 200th episode. We need to get the bloated orange fuck out of. Gone. Mazel Tov.
2: Hey, this is Dino Bidon and I'm going to wish Nagin a big, happy congratulations for 200th episode of Fake The Nation. I can't believe it. I remember when she was at episode 197, so this is pretty remarkable to get to 200.
1: Hello, Nagin June. This is your favorite furry little brother, Sina Gaznaby, here. You are the best. You've always been like an older sister to me in this business. When I was starting out, when I was 18... You were there, we were doing shows together. You were always so nice and in- inclusive. I can't imagine a better friend to have in this cruel business. In these next four years, we'll probably have another old man as president. Oh, we'll certainly have an old man as president. And I think it'll be Joe Biden.
2: So settle for Joe,
1: but I'd love to see Nagin Farsad as president. <laughs> Hello, it's Ophira Eisenberg, and I just wanted to wish Nagin happy 200th episode. What would I like to see change in the next four years? I would like everybody to feel like their fellow human being, friend, foe, family, stranger, person they've never met before, that that person's life is just as valuable as their own. That would be amazing.
2: It hey, was going on the game is gas Store. just want to say congrats on the four years. When you hit me up, you telling me you want to know what I want over the next four. It, it, it's too much. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have. I, I can't narrow it down to one. I got a list. You know what I mean. I, I, I want to see a Stacey Abrams and AOC presidential ticket. You know what I mean. I want Tupac back. I want a new flavor of Arizona Ice Tea. I want Wendy's 99 cent value mail to make the triumphant comeback. I want free LK in America. I want four day work week to be normalized. I want weed to get legalized. So when you buy, it, you get a receipt and your purchase can now be written off for your taxes as a home office supply. I want free trade schools. I want free Trader jokes. I want less black mothers to die during childbirth. I want to end the overcrowding at Rikers Island. I want to remain informed. I want news people who take pride in providing unbiased tips on what's happening. I want it all but before all that I want another 200 episodes congratulations again keep making it happen mad love
0: Before we get back to the show, I have a quick favor to ask. I made a video with the organization Caring Across Generations. It's an advocacy group for care workers and domestic workers. They do incredible work. And alongside a bunch of great comedy writers, we try to shed light on care work that can't be done over Zoom. The first video in this series features me and my entire brood, and I think it's funny. So please share it so we can support Caring Across Generations. The video is called Close for Business and it's pinned on my Twitter feed you guys uh, that's the end of the show thanks so much for joining on this 200th episode Yay, woo, you guys woo. are a dream panel um tell me what we've been asking everybody what are what are you hopeful about and what do you want to see happen in the next four years Maz?
4: Uh, well, I'm hopeful that um, we get through this and we have a solution like a vaccine that really instills confidence in people so we can get back to life as it was in many ways. But I'm also hoping that we don't forget about some of the great things that came of this. And, and that includes, you know, spending time with your family and spending time with friends yeah. and the and the convenience of hooking up like this. I mean, I, I personally, as a comedian, I've done a couple stand up shows now. On Zoom, And at one point, I actually just caught myself saying, look, if I could make a living doing this and staying home, I would. So there is there are some uh, positives that hopefully we can take into a future world where if you really don't have to go into an office to work and you can stay home and you can commute less and pollute less and all that stuff. Maybe that'll all come together. Um, and what was the second question? It
0: was just like you're what do you, what do you this we've oh. been doing this show for four years. What do the next four <sighs> years look like?
4: Four years. I really do hope that that in, in November we get a new administration in and, and, and I and I feel like as much as there's always it's like two steps forward, one step back, because as much as we progress, we then uh, regress. And I hope that I, I see a future with my kids. I see like like a lot of things that that we had to worry about. Whether it was you know for example like uh, biracial couples. It seems mm-hmm. like now for my kids it's Maybe not an issue deal. at all. It's yeah. fantastic. You know I'm married to an Indian woman. Our neighbors were a black and white couple, and my kids played with their kids like it was no big deal. So I'm hoping that in the 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 the, the arc of of uh, of time we are moving in a in a good direction. And I you know I. I'm going to vote for Biden. Um, I saw an image of him the other day and I was like, God, I mean, I just hope he keeps it together. And then part of me was like, part of me thought like, what if he just said, look, you know what, I'm not going to do this. And Cuomo, go. And then Cuomo came in. I mean, I don't know who's going to, but just anybody but Trump at this point, please. Yeah, A B T.
0: Judge John Hodgman, your oh. turn.
5: What are my hopes? Yeah. I agree with Maz. Like, I I feel like... This is a time of great terror and, and pain for a lot of, a lot of people, because this is an actual illness that happens. It's easy to forget, especially, I mean, I live in New York City, the, as, you, as do you name, the epicenter of the outbreak in North America. And yet even here, you can go for a walk in the park and see your neighbors wearing masks and see your young, your, the younger cohort trying to hook up. And until you hear those sirens, you forget. Because so much of the people who are getting hurt by this are the people in essential services, healthcare workers, grocery store clerks, MTA employees. They're disproportionately non-white, disproportionately non-affluent. And if you get out into those rural communities, you know, uh, wherever they are, I understand why creeps in Michigan want to put on a flag and march to the Capitol. Because in rural communities all over the country, this is hypothetical to them. Yeah. So acknowledging the pain and acknowledging the loss is important. But I also think I hope that this is a shock to the system. That this is a moment of enforced reflection where we realize not just psychologically but you know practically speaking there is a different way to live. There's a different way to organize our civilization. That it is important to have a competent federal government. That's not a joke it's important to have coordinated response and 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 a, and a, and a, and a well staffed uh, medical uh knowledge base at the federal level that is not given over to political cronies or whatever that it's important to support the elderly that social security is not something that can just be is uh, is hypothetical that it's important to have real infrastructure and real domestic manufacturing of medical supplies like that's it's donks and that's that's on the Democrats and the Republicans both for ceding all of that industry to to the to the globe. It's important, and I also think it's important to to. And I, I also get hope that we're all realizing that productivity does not mean being busy all the time. You know, being mm. at home, there's a lot we can Reach. do. There's a lot we can do at home, and 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 we can create and engage and professionally engage, and we don't have to show up and play the kinds of time-wasty games of commutes and meetings and person meetings and so forth, that, that, and that we can balance our work and our home time. When we're forced to do it, we do it. We do our dishes and we do our work, you know? So I think that that's my hope. And I, and I, hope, that it, I hope that it doesn't get forgotten, you know? I, I don't want there to be more pain. The paradox, of course, is the less pain there is, that is to say, friends and family getting ill and suffering— the less pain there is across the country the easier it will be for the for the for Donald Trump to politicize this and turn it into a, this only kills new Yorkers and and not and and non us people and then it'll be forgotten and that that moment won't come but i don't want there to be more pain but i do want there to be i do appreciate the reflection everyone's having as to what's really important right now and i think and i hope for the next 4 years that we'll we'll get what Moz and I, and I think you all want, which is a new administration that is, any administration would be a thousand percent more competent, truthful, and straightforward than this one. And that we can start resetting the table in a way that is more fair and humane to everybody. Also, have you guys considered doing like a virtual signing line after your shows? Like, <laughs> no,
4: <laughs> just PDF.
5: Well, you know, just like you get like, the, one of the great things for me was discovering this this feature on Instagram last year where randos can, can request to join your video feed. And all of a sudden you're having a conversation with with a, with a fan and their dog or cat or chameleon or whatever. Right. And it's just really – you can still meet strangers. That's what I'm saying. You can still right. meet strangers.
0: Yeah. I, I want to say with my hopes for the next four years, I am – It's funny because you guys have been like really pro staying at home and I am very anti. Like I am a person who needs to go out. I need to be professional outside of the home. I need to see people. Right. Like I really, I would like to be in a studio. I would like the, I I enjoy the professionalism by which Earwolf runs its operations. And I want to be able to go back to that, you know, like I want to see, I want to be in conversation with people in front of them <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, of like I just yeah, yeah. I miss all of those things and I don't want us to um I don't I want us to sh- definitely maintain some of the things that we've learned that works um with this situation I've I've long advocated for like work life balance when it comes to these 9 to 5 jobs that are more rigid um but I also like I want us to remember that that those interesting kind of unexpected moments where of new creation happen when you run into people. Yeah. Um, and I know that you can run into people online or whatever, though I believe it is not the same. And No, no no, defi- no, no, you no. Know? I didn't mean to
5: say it was the same. I, you're absolutely
3: Yeah, wrong.
0: yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so I hope like we all get it and that, you know, people like to use the word new normal, the term new normal all, all the time. And, I don't think, I think, you know, I don't even want to give this virus that much credit. I don't want to, that that it's dictating a new normal. I want us to dictate a resetting of the table, as you said, a John Hodgman. No- a
5: different normal.
0: A different normal yeah. that's still human contact focused.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry if you were That's interpreting I, I thought I'm sorry if you were interpreting my hopes for the future being that we just download our brains onto thumb drives and we <laughs> never interact.
0: No, no, no. I w- I want just just like I'm uh I'm like so I'm so itchy from um from from being a professional at home you know I, I think it's,
4: I think it's a combination it's of both we all want to be like I would love to be on a set working on a show yeah 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 but I would also love to be able to as John was saying do my meet and greets like this
0: right 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 yeah. well what I would like to do because well, you is, get paid for um, being on
4: a show you don't get paid for the meet and greets yeah no really? that's what I'm talking about you do
0: that meet and greets from the heart. Okay. Um. Okay. So, well. Thank you, guys, again for doing the show. Uh. Thanks to everyone on the Fake the Nation team for sticking with Make the Nation for two hundred episodes. Um. There's so many people that make this show happen. Oh. Sh- big shout out to Chris Bannon. Um. who's was our uh, one of our our big guys at Earwolf. Um. Who brought the show. Uh. To life in the very first place. Thanks to our producer Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer Andy Christens, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music lily fleshler helps with research we love to hear from you send us your feedback topics we should be chatting about guest ideas you might have Um, you can drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com or leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 and if you like what you hear please leave us a review on apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show you guys thanks so much for sticking with me or low this many episodes. Maas,
5: did you hear that branding? All that branding. That is unfucked, <laughs> <Branding>. <laughs> unfucked.
0: unfucked Unfuck your branding, branding with Nagame Farsad.